the forces with me. I want to force the forces with me. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday night yet again. We are live here in the GNN Cantina Happy Hour. We're glad you joined us tonight. We've got a lot to discuss. We've got some Bad Batch going on. We've got Mandalorian going on. It's a great day in the Star Wars universe. I am your host, David. And with me, as always, is Debbie. How are you, Debbie? I'm good. Debbie's always good. Always good. Uh, also, yeah. <laughs> Now, Cam, who is normally with us, has, let's just say Cam's down. We'll let him say that. So he'll be back soon, we hope. But he's he's not, he, he nothing bad, nothing bad. So it's all good. Also with us tonight is John Ambrose. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Oh, can't complain. Can't complain. <laughs> Had a little family stuff going on. That's why we're just a touch late this evening. <clears throat> I hear that. That's okay. We'll get things going. So, Bad Batch, Season 2. We're on Episode 13, 14. 14. 14. Ooh. We got two episodes left in the season. We finally have a, um, what I would consider a, a looming menace, a bad guy. Is uh, We haven't really had that this season, but this... Uh, this person that's in charge of the uh, the clone prison seems to be the the big bad this this season. So, what did we think, Debbie? I liked this episode. I thought it was really good. It almost started off like I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, it's another Bad Batch episode without the Bad Batch," because I think for the first fifteen twenty minutes they weren't they weren't there. Yeah, it, it started out. Uh oh. With um, um, I think they were on uh, Balmyra or yeah. however you say it. My English is not good, but um, yeah, with the three clone prisoners and transporting them to, you know, supposedly nobody knows, but yeah, that was interesting, and you know, I thought it was also interesting that. Uh, Rex and Echo are working behind the scenes and underground and within the Empire to try and rescue their brothers. Yeah. And again, God help me for the life of me, because it wasn't now it's now it's not just the Bad Batch. Now it's Rex and Echo as well. They come across the stormtroopers and these stormtroopers are firing blasters at them and they are stunning them. And I'm like, shoot them back. They are shooting at you. You shoot them back. Don't stun them. Are you crazy? And you can't tell me that, oh, well, they may, it might be one of their brothers because they know their brothers are being imprisoned and shipped away. Well, I mean, there there are still clones that are, you know, they're good soldiers and they're following orders, you know, kind of like Crosshair was doing, which, you know, it name of the episode is Tipping Point. So. <laughs> Yeah. I think he's realizing, yeah, the, 
Empire's not as good as I thought it was. So I was a good soldier and I followed orders, but that mm-hmm. wasn't. And he's learning yeah. that and that's not getting him anywhere. No. So let's see what else happened in this episode. We had. Um, yeah, the creepy Dr. Hemlock's back. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That's a, that seems to be the big bad this uh, this season. Is he the guy that was from Clone Wars? Mm, no, I don't think no. so. Oh, it's I thought a new, new character. Oh, okay. So, um, we've got Omega flying the ship, and that's 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 yeah. that that was so typical right there to where it's just like oh i'm having fun i'm having fun and then you've got echo in the seat next we're going stop 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 no yes the the uh the flashbacks of you know trying to teach your teen how to drive yeah <laughs> you're pushing that invisible brake on the passenger side stop it stop it stop <laughs> i still do that when my kids are driving although they say they do that to me when i'm driving yeah Give and take, give and take. <laughs> but uh, Echo reunites with the with the clones, and we're we're starting to get the original Bad Batch back now. I mean, they're not permanent, but I can see. I can see. Uh, are we talking about the Blandalorian? Oh my God, John! I seen you post that on Facebook, and I'm like, what? What was wrong with this episode? Now get to that, John. You just hold your pants. Now, for the for the five year old in the room that hasn't watched the show, and I need you to explain it to me, is the Bad Batch from that episode of the Clone Wars? Are they those guys that couldn't pass the test? And then they no, ended no, no, up... no, no, that was uh, what was who was that? They went on. That to was ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine and fives and yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that that was no. The this Bad is batch. A, this is different right. different batch. So okay. Bad Batch in the in the final season of the Clone Wars, the first. Five episodes, I think, are all basically an introduction to the Bad Batch. And these are Bad Batch are clones that they had certain attributes amplified. Uh, so so like Hunter is Hunter. He's a hunter. He he oh. can track things and find things. You've got Crosshair who's like a sniper and a crack shot. You've got Tech who's uh Donatello. Tech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're sure, they're all very they're all very specialized. They they didn't have probably the upbringing as the other clones. Okay, so when I get to the final season of The Mandalorian, the first 5 episodes are kind of a backdoor pilot to The Bad Batch. Yes. Clone okay. Wars, final, not Mandalorian. Clone Wars, yeah. That, that's what I meant, Clone Wars. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you'll you'll see them, and then and then you can start watching the Bad Batch. But finish the Clone Wars first, because the final four episodes of the Clone War is like I like that even better than the Mandalorian. I think that's that's one of those ones I've gone back and watched like those final four episodes like so many times. It's not even funny. I love that. What that what, ama- what amazes me about the Clone Wars is how. And it's not like overly violent, but it's like this was on Disney, and this was like kids watch this. No, this wasn't. No, Clone Wars it, was Clone Wars was Cartoon Networks. Was it? I thought it, it was Disney. No, because uh, Clone uh, Wars. No, Steven, see, season seven was Disney. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but the final everything before that was Cartoon Network. Because season one through five, and then the lost episodes 
because season one started in 2008 and Disney didn't acquire Star Wars until 2012. Ah, so um, the, 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 the sixth season is what they used to call like the uh, the lost missions. And that was like they they had created all of these shows for a for a, a sixth season. And then Disney bought Star Wars and they were like, okay, well, we can't do anything with these shows until we find out what Disney's going to do. So they threw them onto Blu-rays and said, here, here's the Lost Missions. You know, it's an interesting fact, though, just to go off track a little bit for one second, because I know you're kind of a baseball fan. You know, Ashley Eckstein is married to uh, David Eckstein, the former Angel shortstop. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no clue. Yeah, David Eckstein. He was uh, like one of the most popular baseball players in Southern California for a bunch of years, and uh, that's his wife. He married Ahsoka. Wow, lucky, lucky guy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, it, Echo comes back. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I watched this episode last night, and there was. Uh, it sounds like they're going to try and go find where they're storing these uh, clones, the the prison camp, and we're going to go rescue our brothers, basically. Mm-hmm. And in which case they could very, oh, you had Crosshair tried to escape. Well, he wasn't escaping. I think his main objective was to get that message out, Plan 88, the Seeker. Yeah. And And... It's interesting too because you you had the uh, the interrogation droid from A New Hope, so little little Easter egg there. You know, I'm sure everybody realized it, but but even still, that was uh, it was kind of some intense scenes, uh-huh. especially when it was like the droid moving in, and it, it was like that scene in Braveheart where they had him laying on the thing, and they you knew what they were doing; they were cutting his intestines, open, and but all you saw was like his upper shoulders and head and he's going and it's like oh you know what's happening but you can't see it and that just makes it all that much more intense yeah Yeah, it's like the scene from it's the same as the scene from uh reservoir dogs where it's like you know he's cutting the guy's ear off they're not showing it but like it uh, cuts away to like a window or something but it kind of gives the same effect you're like oh god that's not good (laughs) yeah yeah it was uh it was uh It was a great, great episode. And I and, and what I thought Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What I thought was interesting was I think she's a, a scientist or the creepy doctor's assistant. Um I she's think she's a PA. Let it, yeah. <laughs> well, it it seemed like um that maybe she was having some second thoughts. You know, especially when he said increase the injections and the camera kind of focuses on but, her but and see, he's just, she or said, she's just. She's, she's the voice of reason, though. I think, she, I don't know that I see her turning in any way, shape or form. But the fact that she said, he can't tell us anything if he's dead. And I mean, and honestly, I'm looking at him going, why do you think Crosshair knows? Why does he know where they are? They're running around the galaxy. He has no clue. It's not like he's got a homing beacon on their ship and he's tracking them. He just... I, no, but he does I, I know that they work for Sid. I, 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 
I don't know. I just look at it and think, you know what? What's what's the whole point of of them asking him? He's not gonna know. So anyway, <laughs> but they're doing it to all the clones. Yeah, yeah. That they have in the prison. There, I they're, I bet you they're interrogating all of them, and you know what do you know? And they're doing everything they can to find Omega. So Omega, Omega, Omega. And I thought it was so sweet to see how the the guys are doing on Pabu, yeah, or Pabu, yeah. I'm not sure how you pronounce and, that, but and, you know uh, they they've acclimated any to any, just being uh, there and being part of the community. And what was the 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 phrase that one of them said was, uh, "Have you thought of staying long term, or what are your long?" That was the plans? mayor. Yeah, he goes. So, no, we're we, thinking about it. <laughs> hey. You know what? If they if they finish off the Bad Batch after the third season, and that's where they finish them off, is that that place? I wouldn't complain like at all. So, uh, all right. So, I have a question about the Bad Batch. Sure. Um, as someone who hasn't watched it, but it's kind of a logical question: Why are they persecuting the clones if the clones are all going to die off in a couple of years anyway? Because aren't the clones rapidly aging? So, they, so why not just let them expire? Because they still have, um, with 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 clones, they still have the. Uh, it, it they they will expire, but it's still going to take time. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not fast like, enough. Yeah, not fast enough exactly. <laughs> and I think too with the with the idea of conscripts with with the empire, that's also more of a uh, we're going to put our finger on you kind of thing because we're going to come in and steal your men and take them away and make them troopers and I think it's it's a form of control. Oh. So right. That's, that's right. my thoughts. Whether I'm right or not. Because so, I thought know, they were all on the, the but... I thought they were all on the same side anyway. So I mean I was just like why not let the obsolete ones die out like you would an old car and just keep moving. Well, because at this point, of course, this is after Revenge of the Sith. And so at this point, the clones who have been following orders um, are starting to realize. And I, I don't know if it was this episode or the last episode where, oh, I think it was uh, when uh, Creepy Doctor was talking to Tarkin. Woohoo! Yes. Um, exciting. So that was, you know, saying Tarkin was saying that, you know, the clones are starting to question their orders. Right. And so they're they're starting to think they they started off on the the good guy's side with, you know, the the Jedi and fighting the good fight. And now that the Empire has taken over and everything's kind of shifted, they're like, "Uh, did we make the right call with this whole Order 66 thing? Yeah, they're, they're starting to see. And the empire's and, not what they thought it was. And that makes sense because even when you uh there's always been with the clones philosophical undertones, even with the clone wars, if they ever had a closing line or anything, that I remember one that stuck out in my mind. It was what purpose are we gonna have when the war is over? And, that's, and there's that's, and there's always been a philosophical undertone with them whenever they actually had a light to shine on them. That's been addressed 
once or twice in this series as well. You know, would in fact, I think it was last episode, and they said, well, "What do we do now? We're soldiers, you know. We need to. We don't know anything about settling down or anything like that." So, we got two episodes left. I'm looking forward to both episodes. It's it's gonna be uh, it'll be fun. And and we also found out uh, a little, just a little bit of background on. Um, uh, hemlock the creepy doctor uh there towards the end it you know they showed that he used to work with uh republic's republic science corps uh but he was kicked out for unauthorized and unorthodox experiments so this is not his first rodeo in doing yeah. this kind of stuff he's he's uh He's very much taking the role of one of the like the Nazi doctors from World War II that were. I was going to say it's kind of like becoming an allegory for World War II. Um... So, anxious to see where it goes. All right, John, we'll, we'll humor you. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian now <laughs> because <laughs> this episode. Holy smokes. This, this was, was a, a great episode, John. Was, what is wrong with you? I'm telling you, this was such what an emotional roller coaster. About? I didn't say anything. No, no, no. John, no. John, Biscardi. From, uh, John Biscardi. Oh, I'm so used to Debbie yelling at me, I just, you know, automatically took offense. No, John I only Biscardi. yelled once. <laughs> <laughs> so this was an amazing, amazing episode. We've got... Din Djarin and Bo-Katan, they're settling down with this, with still the, the Children of the Way. Or not the Children of the Way, what was it? Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, somethinglings, not younglings. No, 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 it was, uh, oh, wow. what do they call themselves? Of the Watch? Children, Children of the Watch. watch. Children yes. of the Watch. Thank you. Not the Way, the Watch. I that's, know it started with a why I'm here. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> Most, of <laughs> Most of the time. Children of the Watch, which I've I've seen and I don't think we've brought it up on the show before. And I think we need to. The the fact that the in the Clone Wars, the uh pre Visla had started Death Watch. Mandalorians that wanted to go back to their their proper warrior heritage instead of being pacifists. And now we are dealing with the children of the watch. And a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, it's just a spinoff from the, the death watch. And we're watching the death watch reemerged kind of thing. So anyway, well, I mean, you kind of have to be, if your whole planet's been eviscerated, wouldn't you want to be the death watch? Like, I don't want to mess with the death watch. Like, not like, I don't want to mess. Yeah. Let's attack Mandalore or, we're going to have to deal with the Death Watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's an intimidating name. There, There's an issue with that because what's there on that planet now is just a bunch of ragtag misfits from all different kinds of sex and yeah. whatever. And so, you know, some might be but all for that... the Death Watch and others would be absolutely not. Right. So, but yeah, at the they... end of the 
day, wasn't that what the rebellion was in episodes four, five, and six? As far as as far as a bunch of misfits and people that oh. had different points of view, and you know, I mean, so yeah, but they had one uh, one focused. They had one goal. The one okay, yeah. all right, that's fair. That's fair. So anyway, start off. We start off with the the combat sequence. We'll just we'll just call it the the. <laughs> I was reminded of that scene in Wayne's World, where he says, "So what do you have planned?" And he opens up the door, and there's all the people fighting and flamethrowers and all this. It's like, what, what are you gonna do with these guys? And he says, "I don't know. I've just always wanted to open a door like in spy movies where people are training like ninjas." <laughs> and i was just like oh my gosh it's that scene they're everything just standing around fighting each other it's great I, that didn't click and i looked at it and i was like i've seen that somewhere and now that you mention it it's like that's it that's, that's where i scene. saw that <laughs> yep got a lot of different fighting going on um you you've got again we're and we're we're really diving into this where Din Djarin is really teaching Grogu the way of the Mandalorian. I honest to God hope I need I need Grogu to be in a Mando helmet by the end of this series. I think it's gonna I don't want to cover up his adorable face. Uh, Debbie, it's called merchandising and it'll sell and mark my words, it will happen. His ears will be sticking out of it. Sticking out, yep. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be a specialized helmet just for him. Yeah, I've seen some concept art. (laughs) I'm just like, no. I have to say I love it and I'm sure this is a mixed bag, but I liked how they used the puppetry to have him do that original spar and not CGI and had him fly up in the air like a puppet. So okay, I've got, I've got a story about that one. Um, when I when I spoke with Carl Weathers uh, way back two years ago, we we went and watched the panel. Not to interrupt you, I think he directed this one. He did. He did. Yeah. So anyway, all that aside, um, one of the things that he said was uh, that Favreau and Filoni were thinking about doing Grogu as a CGI character. And they had a little puppet, and they were playing with the puppet, and it looked. It, it was one of those things where, yeah, it looks okay, it might work, but I think we're going to go CGI. And Werner Herzog, who played the client in the first two or three episodes, who was working for the Empire, that's said, who that was. Yeah. yeah, he said, he said, if you do not use a puppet, you are doing this all wrong. And so they used the puppet, and it worked, and it was so great. Now, when he was doing those flips with the little paintball gun, <laughs> it was fun. It was almost. It was like watching an episode of the Muppets where they're jumping around. It was like somebody was. Like, I know, but I loved it. I loved it. It, it was, was like watching. Great. It was like watching Gizmo and Gremlins, like the first yeah. one. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, um, it was. But but that... I mean, I think the I think Werner Herzog was right because with puppets, and I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, um, no. With puppet, with puppets, you have there's something about puppets where you can create more emotion in a scene. Yeah, you can create more drama, and, and the, because it looks real. Yeah, and you can do the same emotional thing on a CGI creation, but 
deep down, you know it's fake. So it's yeah, not. You know, it's, a, it's a cartoon. Basically. It's a cartoon with, with a puppet. It looks real, and you connect with it, even though yeah. it's a puppet. So and plus, I, the the actual <laughs> actors can react to it a lot better. Right. Then, then having, you know, then reacting to uh, it's a tennis ball piece on of a green stick. tape on a on yeah. a stick, you know. Yeah, like the guy that played R2-D2, like you could have had that on remote control, but half of it was the guy like turning to C-3PO and putting his figurative arms up. Yeah. And like, you know. Kenny, Kenny Baker, yeah. Yeah, Kenny God, Baker. That's, God that's rest right. his soul. Yeah. So um, I, I, I've met him before, too. Nice. Anyway. Um, let me think. So, uh-oh. Come on. Come give me hugs quick. Say hi. Yours too. Bye. Night night. Go sleep. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay, so I want to get back to the, the, the fighting sequence because was that the same kid that was attacked by the uh the the, the crocodile? The Dar- the Darth Gator. Darth Gator, I heard Darth that. Gator. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yes. Darth Gator. Okay, so he's, he. I don't know, he seemed kind of full of them. They're like, oh, Grogu's going to challenge him. He's like, no, he's not. This is no challenge. This, he's little. And uh, they let him pick the weapon, and they pick these paintball... Darts. Dart. They're called yeah. darts. Darts, yeah. And man, when he got shot that first time, when Gro- Grogu got shot the first time, and it hit him like square in the chest, and I was just like, "How?" And then Grogu looked at Mando like, "Ow, that hurt!" <laughs> and then uh, he did it again, and he's like, "Go ahead, go ahead, just do what you gotta do." And he flips, flips, and on the second flip, he shoots him three times. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yoda Fett. We're we're going Yoda. We're going all Yoda on this thing. He's Yoda Fett. <laughs> yeah, and then then uh, Ragnar, which is we later in the show we learn that's his name, Ragnar. Yeah. Um, yeah, he goes off to pout. <laughs> he goes off. This Big kid, mistake, Ragnar. This kid, I swear. <laughs> Has got the absolute worst luck. He gets attacked. <laughs> he gets attacked by Darth Gator in the first episode, and then this episode he gets carried off by some bat pterodactyl thing. It's a, oh. it's a and, Shrike Hawk. And okay. from Legends and beat That's up from Legends. Oh, and, more Legends and beat up by a uh, uh, by and beat a up one, by a little green by a one foot frog. <laughs> no, he eats the frogs, but yes. <laughs> Poor guy. I feel bad for him. Yeah. See, that that's someone the Spartans would have been like, this isn't working out for you. Jump in the Sarlacc. <laughs> you're, you're, you're done. You're done. Just stop. You're killing me. Look, but um, he gets he gets run off. Or he doesn't get run off. He got carried off. Um, Bando, Bo-Katan, and Pas Vizsla take a group of three or four more. And they're going to... Well... Four of them, four or five of them, chased him on the with the jetpacks. Initially, mm-hmm. they were they were flying after him, and then they ran out of fuel. Then, of course, here comes Bo's going to save the day and flies the her starfighter and follows it around and basically finds out where it is. 
Yeah, she seems to be going all in on this, doesn't she? Yeah. And uh, and she doesn't... She still... I mean, she removed her helmet in this one, but again, not in front of everybody. We'll get to that in a minute, because that was good. that was a pretty good scene. Well, I think you can remove it if no one's in the room. If Yeah, if, if no one can see you is, is yeah. what it boiled down to. But anyway... Um, we we did have this one scene with, and this is the scene that everybody's talking about, when the armorer takes Grogu back and says, you know, we've got other things we need to talk about, and she's telling him the stories, and she's hammering the armor, and Grogu goes into a PTSD-infused flashback, and we find out how Grogu escaped the temple. Grogu was in his little pod, and he was told to get out by two or three Jedi that were fighting. Let me tell you, this this scene, I, when they started this one, I mean, goosebumps, goosebumps, and they started killing everybody, and I'm just like, oh, no, oh, not again. I'm seeing it all again. <laughs> and and then the one Jedi who saves him, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Jar Jar Binks. What the <laughs> crap is he doing here? <laughs> Isa only a disguiser. <laughs> <laughs> so Ahmed Best becomes the Jedi that pulled Grogu out of the temple. God bless him. We, we love you, Ahmed. If you want to come on the show, we'd love to talk to you. Look, Ahmed, again, but, and the off chance you're watching this, much respect because you were put through the ringer. We know you had your problems. I'm not going to talk about them, but much respect to you going back to the franchise and, yes. and uh, doing something like and that. Thank so. you. Thank you for it too. Yeah. Especially thank you for rescuing that little merchandising tool. Well, I I'm really glad that they made his character Canon. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys know, but during shutdown COVID on YouTube, on the Disney YouTube channel, they had a, jedi challenge game show for kids mm -hmm. and ahmad best was the host keller and beck yeah so i thought it was just so awesome that they brought that character into this show and made it canon and yeah it was just the best thing ever because when when that door opened i had to look twice because i was like is that I think it is. <laughs> it's 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 him. <laughs> Ahmed Best. Yeah, he, and I'd... and we get a real cool, intense uh, chase scene through Coruscant. Um, well, he's not bad with lightsabers. I mean, he was no, no, no whipping no, no, those no. things around yeah. like nobody's business. He's just tearing it up. Um, also, we, he he says, "I'm taking you to some friends that can get you off planet or whatever." He was. But is this the same group of people that are working in Obi Wan? Do you suppose? Well, they were Naboo. Oh is yeah, that... that's true. Yeah, and the ship was Naboo. Yeah, yeah. Nabooian. So I was like, "Hmm, that's peculiar." What I want to know in that scene too is she gave him the uh, armor. Rondell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she gave him the armor. And he was wearing the chain link. Right. Didn't Luke, wasn't that a choice? Like you get the chain link or, or you, you go get back? the lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that was, okay. So 
rolling back Book of Boba Fett. Sorry, I just I, I noticed. No, 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 no. You're fine. Yeah. Book of Boba Fett rolls back. Uh, was the the two episodes that were all about the Mandalorian was um, or I guess it was one episode, but basically the the spear, if I'm remembering right, the spear was melted down and used to make. Um, he he said, "I want to I want to make something for Grogu." He took it to the armor. The armor said, "Okay, we can do this for you. What do you want?" He said, "I want something to protect him," and so he made the she made the chainmail for him, and it's a Beskar chainmail. And basically, he went to go give it to Grogu, but Grogu was running around with Luke, so he gave it to Ahsoka. Ahsoka gave it to Luke, and Luke used it and said, "Okay, look, Jedi lightsaber, Mandalorian protection. So take your pick." You know, one or the other. And Grogu chose, obviously, the chainmail. I, re I read that scene differently. I'm sorry. I thought the chainmail was if he accepted it, he had to stay. I was uh, I was way off. It's been a while since I saw that episode. It was the, it was the, the and the, the lightsaber was actually Yoda's. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, all that aside. Mm. Yes, that was. Refusing my gifts to see. Huh? Refusing my gifts is he. Yes. So, um, again, that that really is. Um, we get to see it again. It was something that, in fact, you got to see it even before she opened up his uh, his little cloak there. And I was like, oh, is he wearing the chainmail? Is he wearing that? Chain? Oh, that's kind of cool. And then of course she opened it. I'm like, oh, he is. I called it. Woohoo! So anyway, a lot of fun there. Um, then we get to the hunting party, and they are they they land. They're I thought the way that they climbed the uh, the mountain peaks was like again. It, it, all of this has been amazing, you know. All the the aerial work, the camera work, the way that they're doing some of these stunts. They're using the the line launchers to I mean to scale these rocks. It's like great. I'm loving it. I, I, I would don't know that I'd want to go rock climbing in big heavy armor, but you know, hey, no, never tosses your cookies. I, my 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 fat butt would be like, look, there's a ridge over there. I'm gonna go like walk around. <laughs> I'm gonna take the long way around. I'm meet you guys up there. I'll meet you up there. I think there's an ATV, and I'm gonna ride it. And uh, yeah, there, there might be a, there might be a tram. I think there's a tram down there. I see some skiers over there. I'm going to see if there's a chairlift. And I'm just going to ride back. I'll, I'll be up there in a minute. I'll be up there in a minute. Um, but also with this with this scene, you see a lot more of uh, John Favreau <laughs> as Pos Visla. We get a lot more interaction from him. He seems... He seems to uh, have accepted Bo and Den Jaren back. At least for the moment. For the moment. It didn't seem like he did in that last episode. It was almost like, oh, these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and at least for the moment. And hold on. Before we even get to any of that. Well, just, just remember, at least for the moment, he trusts them. But I want to talk about the scene where they eat. So, and Bo asks, you know, they're sitting around the campfire. They're waiting to go. They're going to climb the rocks in the morning. And they're passing out food. And 
Bo asks Din, she's like, how do you eat without taking your helmet off? He says, well, when you get your food, you go off somewhere else where nobody can see you and you take your helmet off and you eat and then you put it back on. And then she stands up to go away and Poss stops her and says, no, you're leading the war party. You get the privilege of sitting by the fire. You get to sit by the fire. So again, that was another one of those scenes to where it's like, okay, for the moment, maybe maybe he trusts her. Maybe he trusts her, or maybe it's one of those things where it's going to be like, maybe she had more respect than she thought. And if she, uh, if she realized it, she wouldn't have been alone for so long. Uh, you know, maybe. I mean, it might, it might be, I, I, you know, it's one of those things. I'm still thinking she's trying to play this. Uh, I'm going I'm to retake Mandalore and I really need an army to do it. And these guys are going to fill that gap. I'm going to reunite all of Mandalore and we're going to, we're going to fill that gap. So anyway, what's next? They climb the mountains. They get up to the nest. There's dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs. Or what did you call them? Nighthawks? Something Nighthawks? Shrike Hawks. Shrike Hawks. Shrike Hawks. If you notice, the armorer, before they went out on this hunt, and well, Bo came back with her ship and told him where it was, and she said, pause, take the the Shrike Hawk team. Oh, I missed that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah, she says that. So, yeah, that's that's what they are. They're Shrike Hawks. Okay. God, I well, can't they... talk tonight. Jesus. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I can't talk for the majority of my day. So it's, it's we, we find out we find out when they get up to the nest that this this poor unfortunate child. Oh, looks like William's on. Hi, William. What's going on? What's up, Will? Poor guy. Uh, He's had a rough night. Yeah. <laughs> So we find out this poor, unfortunate kid who has been attacked by Darth Gator and the Shrikehawks is actually Pos Visla's son. That sounds like a great name for a punk band, by the way. What, Pos Visla? Darth Gator and the Shrikehawks. Ooh, (laughs) nice. I like it. I like it. So uh, Shrikehawks, yes. And they get up to the nest. And this is one thing I didn't get. They get up to the nest. They say, okay, there's heat signatures over there. He lunges head first, and it's three babies. And they all come out at him. And then mom shows back up. And mom regurgitates this kid. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I mean, it just, he spit out. And I'm looking at it going, this has been at least two days now. That kid has been living in that animal for two days. I memory holds that scene, and then you just totally just bought it all right back. And uh, I was like, she projectile, she projectile vomit in a small child. The thing for me is what uh, I mean. Yeah, that was gross. It wasn't as gross as it could have been because there could have been a lot of slime and. 
you know, di digestive juices, yeah. you know, yeah. So it, it wasn't quite as gross as it could have been. <laughs> but Which I still... personally would have liked to have seen, but. Um... Well, forget the gross factor. How did that kid survive in that thing's stomach for two days? Maybe it has like a special sack or something. I mean, I know I mean, that. Boba the... Fett survived the pit. Yeah, and and Mando, they he pressurized his helmet when they first landed on Mandalorian. Maybe look, he... it's Star Wars. There is selective survival skills. Darth Maul could get cut in half at the waist and become and... a Spider Man. Yeah, Qui Gon Jinn shot to the gut. Dead. Not to make it, man. Well, the thing wow. is, it might have been a teaching, or you know, she probably planned it as a teaching moment. Maybe she didn't swallow it all the way because she wanted to teach her babies to hunt. To to kill, to go for the kill. Right. Kind of, thing. Kind of like, you know, what uh, T-Rex did in, uh, uh, I think it was Jurassic Park 2, uh, with the babies, you know? Yeah. We need them alive. Yeah. But all I'm saying is kids are cruel. Even if they're even if they're Mandalorian kids, this kid's going to go back to that compound. He's probably got like seven nicknames now. They're yeah. like, what's up, bird turd? What's up, gator skater? What's up, like, <laughs> like what? What's up, dude that lost to a one foot frog? Like, he's not gonna have any future. They should just send him off somewhere else. But his posthumous son, he has, uh, yeah, he you has, think he has think, a name behind him? You think Pos Vislus is gonna sit at breakfast and be like? No Vislus loses to a one-foot frog. <laughs> You're no son of mine. <laughs> well, I, I liked um, going back to the uh, training session uh, with the kids. And, you know, uh, Ragnar says something about, you know, well, he's too young to fight. And then, you know, Mando says... Oh, what does he says? Um, oh, Debbie's checking. Oh, yeah. Uh, one does not speak unless one knows. Right. And then after the fight, pause repeats that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that could be used for many people. One does not speak unless one knows. That might mm -hmm. have to be one of my new catchphrases. Walking around. So anyway, um, they rescue the kid. They they shoot the bird thing, the Shrike Hawk. Uh, I'll I'll appease you, Debbie. They they shoot the Shrike Hawk out of the air. They save the kid. Uh, Bo-Katan loses her. Uh, uh, pauldron and that's the one on the shoulder by the way in case you didn't know uh, she loses the one like that um, and the, the armor says hey we you know we can we can replace it for you which and this scene was rather interesting too she says what what do you want you know you, do you want the night owls back on there and she says no I've got the night owls over here can I have the mythosaur over here she says, well, yeah, the Mythosaur belongs to all of Mandalorians, so it's welcome anywhere. And then she tells, she hasn't told anybody, but she tells the armor, hey, I saw one. 
and the armor just kind of thinks, I, I don't know if she was blowing her off or if she was like, oh, you just saw a vision. You know, I get that. You know, we, we have visions. She's like, no, I saw one. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I get it. I get it. No, I don't think you do. I literally saw one. Yeah, in the living three, waters. Yeah. I mean, it was three times she told him, no, I, I, I saw one. It, it was real. Yeah, I'm not quite yeah, sure the armor. That's a, that's, a com- that's a common that's a common trope though that was executed there. I mean, that's that's happened in a lot of things. It's happened in everything from the Simpsons to going forward. That that's happened in the Twilight Zone. There's a gremlin out there. Sir, you're just scared. No, seriously, there's a gremlin out there tearing yeah. the train the plane apart. So I mean it's it's an effective it's an effective uh, tool, but it's 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 common, and if you know when to look for it, it's there. Well, and I think too, I think it it speaks to the armor, to where she is so ingrained in her her belief system that she's she's willing to say, yes, you probably did see one, but in a vision, you didn't really see one. You just saw a vision of one, and that is helping you along. And and Bo is very much. No, I literally saw one, and I don't. I don't know that the armor's not accepting of that. Well, or maybe she doesn't want to be accepting of that. I don't know. One of the things that Star Wars has always been successful at, from the first movie in seventy-seven to now, is both celebrating and also discounting religion. Yeah. Um. And that always happens. Like it's saying, it's saying you can have faith, but too much faith is a good thing. But also, if you relax on your faith, that's a bad thing. And that's a theme that goes throughout the whole Star Wars universe, books, movies, everything. Uh, religion. And L- Lucas was very careful not to lean to which one. He kind of oh, yeah. he kind of amalgated all of them. I was going to say, he, uh, I've seen interviews where he said, you know, there's a little bit of Judaism in there. There's some Christian in there. There's some Islam in there. There's some Hinduism in there. There's. Uh, I, I would probably say if one, one, uh, if one one out, it would be Buddhism because that seems to be the one that that drives the, the plot. But it's um the it's 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 it's, it's the sub. The sub 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 plot of the of the series. Stop it! Stop it! I'm right here. Chew your rope. The sub 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 plot of the whole series is about faith. Yeah, and a lot of it is like if you notice, like the people that lose their faith uh, tend to go a bad way. Darth Vader at the end of uh, Jedi regained his faith. He got redeemed, and despite slaughtering children, ended up sitting next to Obi Wan and Yobi in Ghostland. Um. Uh, Yoda don't like Hayden Christensen in there, Debbie. (laughs) No, Sebastian Crenshaw got to be in there. Yes. Crenshaw. Crenshaw, uh, It's Shaw. Stan. I thought it was Crenshaw. I thought it's Sebastian Shaw. It's Sebastian Shaw. Well, even so, he needs to be there. No. Yes. Yes. That's how Luke saw him. Luke probably looked over there when it was redone and was like, what's up, Yoda? What's up, Obi? What's up, young kid? And then, and then, and Obi-Wan Kenobi probably looking at him going, 
how did you end up with a young body again? I'm stuck because over that's here in this the place. last time he was a truly good Jedi. No, the last time he was a truly good Jedi was when he killed the Emperor by throwing him into the nuclear and reactor saving his son. and saving his son. Yeah. Nope. Okay, fine. Whatever. Well, then by that by that logic, he should have just remained bald and scarred, which he was. Not as a ghost. No, not as, ghost. not as a first Oh, ghost. not as a... All right, so fine. Then maybe Liam Neeson should have showed up like he looked like in Taken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the conversations we get into. Anyway. You will um, never change my mind. You just... You've got a thing for Hayden. Well, Debbie, if I agree this with you... Well, if I agree with you, we're going to both be wrong. So I just have to stick with this side of the story. No. I'm right. Okay, so <laughs> did we miss anything in this episode, Debbie? Did we cover everything? This was a no. Great... Uh, just outside of the the fact when uh, Yo Yoda uh, when Grogu was in with uh, Grandma Armor, um, and he started having the flashbacks, and just I don't know how they did it with this puppet, but his expressions, you could just see he was so distressed, you know, I mean, the frown and he looked scared yeah. and uh, yeah, I almost cried during that scene. Cause I was like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> and we'll probably get, I would assume there has to be another flashback because we still don't know where he goes. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping. And is Killerin still alive? Because they both escape. Well, we know Quinlan Voss is still alive. Yeah, based so... on Kenobi. Well, not maybe not in this time frame, but he survived Order sixty six. So, mm -hmm. so um, it would be nice to see Ahmed back in a bigger role. You know, maybe. He, yeah, because in uh, Obi Wan or in Kenobi, the Kenobi series, like you were talking about, you know, they had those tunnels where that's yeah. how they were the, the, smuggling the kids underground out. railroad or whatever. Yeah, so maybe he is alive or was alive a lot longer than anybody knew and was helping other Jedi that had survived to smuggle who they could. Yeah. All in all, a great episode again. An emotional roller coaster. It was it was funny. It was exciting. It was tearjerker. It was it invoked PTSD for those of us that remember seeing Order sixty six on the big screen. That should be the last time, <laughs> unless unless they get caught before they totally escape. No. So it it it's this was a and it was a short episode too. It was only like thirty three minutes, I think thirty three thirty four minutes. Yeah, it, it was short. It wasn't very long, but again, it was short, but it had a lot of stuff in it. It was short. There was a lot going on, and they did exactly what they've been doing. They told the story that they wanted to tell in the time given, and we don't have to add in a whole lot of, you know, filler. Oh, we got to make it an hour long, so we got to add in thirty minutes worth of filler crap. No, just tell the story the way it is. And if it's short, it's short. If it's longer, it's longer. Anyway, that's my thoughts. <laughs> Debbie. Good episode. 
Selfless plugs. <clears throat> um, as far as I know, <laughs> I know I say this every every, every Thursday, week. but uh, um, uh, tomorrow night we'll be I'll be on the uh, Geek and I podcast. Uh, we will be discussing Star Trek Picard. The last three episodes, right? The last three episodes, yes. So I don't know how long this podcast will be. I don't know if we'll kind of. You mean I'm first... gonna I'm gonna retaliate against John right now? You mean Star Trek? Pick another show. Oh. <laughs> yeah, take that, Blandalorian. What? <laughs> <laughs> Picard has been so excellent this season. I, I wish the first two seasons had I, been this damn good because this something? is excellent Star Trek. Did I did I hear something about Riker's going to get his own show? Yeah, it was called Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hadn't heard anything about I Riker. I thought I heard something about Riker getting his show. Maybe I was, maybe I'm dreaming. I'd watch it. I bet you would. Jonathan Frakes is probably in your. Uh, he's your... A, he's a little bit lower, but yeah, he would probably he's, be in the husband he's in, category. He's in the harem. Yes. What if harem. A... <laughs> you... <laughs> Asshole. I got Asshole. it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what I if, have what many if you in went, my harem. What if you went to a bar and uh, Jonathan Frakes was Indiana Jones's wingman? Oh, it'd still Ooh. be Harrison Ford. I'm sorry. <laughs> Harrison Ford will always be my number one. Ah, my number one. <laughs> uh, shameless plugs. John, what you got? I know you got a couple of good articles out right now. Yeah, we've got a couple. Um, one, I'm going to plug someone else first. Uh, Devin Stewart and Becky Rainwater, great friends of GNN, doing a huge, huge promo on YouTube. Uh, their cousin has hit hard times, battling cancer. They're doing a 12-hour stream. They're going to be looking for donations. They're going to be looking for uh, support. Please watch. Give what you could. If they hit their goals, there's going to be giveaways. If they hit some a certain financial goals, Devin, if you've seen Devin, he has long locks of hair, shaving it all off in solidarity if he hits his financial goals. So um, tune in on the 25th for that 12-hour stream and uh, just just support. You know, cancer affects everybody. So just support. It's, uh, they're do I know they're doing Crash Bandicoot. Um Gosh, I forgot what. Thank you. Doing. I didn't know what games they were doing. So yeah, Crash Bandicoot was one of them. Um, okay. Oh, uh, I think Banjo Kazooie maybe. Banjo Kazooie. And then, uh, then, then they're having a group of people come on and do a Mario. You know, if it's Mario Kart or Mario, you know, four player Mario, Mario 3D Land. Crash. Uh, you could always tune in to their um, Twitch channel, twitch.tv uh, slash retro underscore and underscore wolf. They'll have more information there. You can, uh, and they'll definitely be happy to contact you and let you know what they're doing and when. So please support this. It's a great cause. Uh, moving on. We have I, couple... I do have their, their oh, thing oh, posted. Oh, has got their thing. Yeah, oh, okay. I've got their thing. Uh, at 8 a.m., Crash Bandicoot uh, with Retro. At 12 p.m., uh, Wolf is doing Spyro. Spyro. At 3 p.m., 
uh, Mario Block with Retro Wolf and Friends. And then at 6 p.m., they're doing Dungeons and Dragons live. So not the, not the movie. They're they're actually doing a <laughs> they're they're actually doing a D and D campaign. I think yeah. Becky is actually GM. They have too. not comment. They have not contacted me, and I'm part of that campaign. So now I'm nervous. Uh oh. <laughs> done, done. That's, uh, that's the 25th. So that would be Saturday. This coming Saturday. This coming Saturday. No. It, all right. Yeah. Oh, I get off early on Saturdays. I'll be fine. It'll be it'll be fine. I'll just tell William I will be late to the gauntlet. It's for a good cause. Um, okay, so yeah, we have that going on, and then we have two articles up on the. Uh, we have many articles up on GeekNewsNow.net worth looking at. Two, I'm going to highlight. One I wrote uh, about Kathleen Kennedy. There are a lot of misconceptions about Kathleen Kennedy, and I wanted to clear them up for Women's History Month. It's a great story. Lady came from a middle-class family. She worked her way up. She went to a public high school, went to San Diego State University, which isn't by any means a bad school, but executives usually go to your Harvards, Yales, Princetons, and Stanford. So she worked through that. Ivy League and Ivy League and adjacent. Uh, so she went through that. She... Uh, started off as a camera operator when she left college and then worked her way up to being the head of two major studios, Amblin and the Kennedy Marshall Group, and then being the head of Lucasfilm. So the lady is an inspiration. If you have a daughter that is a woman you want to tell the story to, it's a good article. It's one of the pieces I'm the most proud of. I hope you read it. Um... It's just her story. I had no idea going into it and doing the research that her story was that vast and that that inspirational. So it's a it's a really good story. And for all the detractors, before I move on to the next story, for all the detractors say Kennedy's trash. We need to fire her. She ruined Kennedy Star Wars. Ruined Star Wars. Listen, I did not like the pre. I did not like the sequel trilogy, but if I'm the head. Of Disney, and Kennedy says fan reception was mixed, but I earned you almost five billion dollars. She would have a job for as long as I was there. She earned you five billion dollars. She is not bad at her job. Yeah. So, you know, you you got to take that into account, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, the next one is from a writer who, um, unfortunately, is no longer with us, but his last piece was The Women of Star Wars. And he goes through everything, like literally the women of Star Wars, the women that worked on it, the women that wrote, the women that co-directed, co-wrote, uh, co uh, script supervisors, stars, everything. Guy's name is Jacob Mahady. It was the last article he wrote for us. It's an interesting piece. I suggest you go to the Geek News Now website and look at it. I tried to pull it up. It wouldn't pull up. I don't know if that's a technical thing on my end. I will talk to Dave uh, Dave G when I get off the show and see if the article is, uh, if see if he can revive the link. But it's really interesting just to have him point out, not just like Carrie Fisher and Mon Mothma and uh, everybody else. Daisy Ridley. But and Daisy Ridley, but the women that actually worked on the series. So yeah. it's it's a it's an interesting piece. And it's a shame the guy left us because uh, the piece isn't bad. The yeah. piece isn't bad at all. 
and one more thing. If you live in the Washington, D.C. Hey, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. If you live in the Washington, D.C. area, that's Baltimore, Washington, D.C., I will be appearing if my press pass clears at AwesomeCon. There's going to be a lot of Star Wars-themed guests at AwesomeCon. We have Ashley Eckstein, Matt Lanner, Billy D. Williams. Uh, the list goes on and on. It's going to be a really fun time. If you can get tickets to it, come in. Come say hi to me. I'll introduce myself. I'm very accessible. And I'm going to be just walking around, having a good time, and trying to get a good scoop. So uh, June 16th through 18th, that is. So I will be at Awesome Con as long as my press pass is clear. And anyone watching, if you have anything you want to say, you have anything you want to talk to me about, or uh, you simply just want to introduce yourself, I'll be there and I'll be hanging out and I'll be happy to talk to you. That's about it. On that note, myself and Dave Gramillion <clears throat> will both be at Dallas Fan Expo in June. A um, lot of good people going to be there. Hayden Christensen's going to be there. Uh, Chevy Chase. Damn it. Rosario Dawson. They just announced it's on the website right now. I'm actually looking at the website. Zachary Levi is going to be there. So Shazam will be there. Uh, Christina Ricci, the original uh, Wednesday. Oh, wow. That's a new one. Danny Trejo is going to be there. Yeah. Oh, um, way to show me up, Dave. Vincent D'Onofrio, Peter Weller, who played uh, uh, Robocop. Robocop. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Luna from The Last of Us. Uh, Sean Gunn will be there. Uh, Vivian Blair, who played uh, Baby Princess Leia, Little Princess Leia in the Obi-Wan series, will be there. Henry Winkler, Fonzie will be there. It's, it's Charlie Cox, Daredevil's going to be there. So... A lot of cool people. Dave and I will be there all three days. It's Friday uh, Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to be there all three days. It's going to be a heck of a weekend. Um, looking forward to it. You can come out. I'm going to be doing some live streams from there so we can show off some of the cosplay stuff and show what's going on. Y'all come out and hang out with us. We're, we love seeing you guys. Um, I'm going to see about maybe I can do a giveaway during one of my live streams. Just to see who's paying attention, you know, that kind of Yeah, thing. I'm gonna utilize the Twitter at mine and just let everybody know what's going on and uh just I'm gonna be very interactive when I get there. So I don't know how much I'll be able to enjoy because I look at it, it's like I'm gonna have to work every minute when I'm here because there's yeah. so much going on. So um <laughs> you can find any of our articles, geeknewsnow.net. We're on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch. Just look up. Don't look up GNN. Look up Geek News Now. If you look up GNN, then it transfers you to some news site, which like a like an actual news site, not a not a geeky news site. So anyway, look up Geek News Now. Check us out on all the social media platforms. Hit the like and subscribe button. And that way you can be alerted when we do any of this stuff coming up. But for now, we will see you all next Thursday where we will be discussing the next Mandalorian episode and the next Bad Batch episode. May the Force be with you and we'll see you all next week.